Sing like never. 
want to thank you today for all that you do we want to thank you for who you are we want to thank you for allowing us to be here today god we just pray your blessings upon this service we pray that we would worship you in spirit and in truth we pray for brother darrell's he delivers your word today god just anoint him with your holy spirit in jesus name we pray amen Oh, 
Just uh, had something kind of on my mind all week. Uh, uh, it's been a uh, pretty trying time for my family and Teresa's family in the last uh, few weeks and months. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, and, you know, but. The only thing that I've thought about this week is how God, how good God is, and how much we need to thank Him, even in the bad times and the good times and whatever's going on. And uh, I just wanted to to say that I do want to thank Him. I do want to put my trust in Him. In the song just kept coming into uh, my mind this week so I'm wondering if I can even it's been a long time since we did it but if y'all can just help me sing Jesus I just want to thank you Jesus I just want to thank you Jesus, I just want to thank you. Thank you for being so good. Amen. I'm glad Rusty did that. He did something that I, well, I might say I'll never do it. You hope I'll never do it. Just get up there and sing uh, on the spur of the moment like that. I'm, I'm, I'm glad Rusty was obedient to the Holy Spirit right then. Matthew chapter 4, 2 through 4. As we go through, just began last Sunday, this, uh, starting the temptation of Jesus. Satan's temptation of Jesus. In verse 1, we looked at last week where the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And I don't know if you ever saw that before, but there's a whole lot there. and We covered that last time. So t today, this week, is the first temptation. There are three. The first one's probably the most popular one, and we're, we're going to use the same visual screen for all three. But it's the turning the, uh, the temptation to turn the stone into bread. So, Matthew chapter 4, 2 through 4. And the title of the message, and we'll come back to it, but is this what, is this what God made you for? So, Matthew 4, verse 2. And when he, as Jesus, when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now... When the tempter came to him, 
He said, if you are the Son of God, and I'm going to put my finger right there. We're going to stay at that verse just a second. If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. I want to remind you again, if you have an, have an open Bible, and we're not going to put this on the screen, but the last verse, we're in, obviously in chapter 4, the last verse of chapter 3, verse 17, that chapter ends, chapter 4 begins, but that very last verse, Jesus being baptized, and the heavens open up, and people hear, Jesus heard, others heard, a voice from heaven, God the Father, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And just the speculation, the Bible doesn't spell it out, but just the, pretty much a deduction that the devil was in the crowd on that day. And he heard that voice too. He can hear too. This is my beloved Son, the Father saying to the Son. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, Verse uh, 3, where I have my finger, makes a little more sense, doesn't it? As the, Satan probably heard the father say to the son, this is my beloved son. So in verse 3, the first temptation of Jesus is stated this way. The very first thing that the devil says to Jesus was the temptation concerning what he had just heard the day before, well, 41 days before the father say to the son if you are the son of God if you are what God just said you are if you are what I just heard the father say about you now you would think or I would think that the devil would uh, would not even try this temptation on what we've heard God say. But actually, that's what he does try. He concentrates on what you have heard God say. Okay? If you are the Son of God, and this will make more sense as we read verse 4, command that these stones become bread. Because you're hungry. So if you are the Son of God, and I really don't know where the devil comes up, comes up with that tie together, the bread and if you are the Son of God. But anyway, if you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. Now Jesus answered and said, it is written, and he's, he's quoting from Moses out of Deuteronomy, man shall not live by bread alone. There's nothing wrong with bread. I'll make that plain right now. There's nothing wrong with bread. Right, really good bread. Uh, but man shall not live by bread, what's the word? Alone, by itself, okay? Man shall not live by bread alone. And here's the key. You've heard that the devil probably heard the father say to the son, this is my beloved son. And then the, the uh, temptation, if you are the son of God, and so Jesus ends the quotation, man shouldn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Okay? There's the key to it. But by every word 
that proceeds from the mouth of God. Next screen, if you look, in, there is an outline on the back side of your announcements, and a lot of it will be on the screen. Here's the key. What has God said to you? I'm not going to change culture. I can't do that. Culture is too big for me to change. But we're living in a culture that I, I promise you ridicules me and will ridicule us if we start talking about the fact that God speaks to us. Okay? But I'm not going to give up on that because it's biblically true. It's personally true. God does speak to us. If I could just use for just, just a minute the... Uh, uh, the book Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel because he does such a good job of, of teaching, for instance, uh, kind of a, a formula. I don't even like to use that word, but a way to really know God's will for you, what God is saying to you. It's uh, uh, taking it step by step. It's God's word. What has God said to you? It's God's word. It's through prayer. And then the circumstances of life, how God is working that out. And then through the church, through what other mature Christians in the faith say. Okay, So it's God's word, prayer, uh, the circumstances, and the church. That way of really hearing what God has said is hard to beat. So I, I often use that. I'm going to stay right here just a second. I'm not going to move along too quickly because I, I want to press this point. And, and I want you to leave church this morning with this point being pressed to you. I want to put you on the spot, so to speak. Okay, all right? Uh, what God has said to you. What has God said to you? Has he show, is he showing you? Has he shown you? Is he showing you now? What is your purpose uh, sometimes we can substitute the word calling in there, but I, I like the word purpose. Why did God make you? What is God saying to you? What direction is he taking you in? Why did God make you? What are you here for? Not just right now, but what are you here for? That's all really big stuff. And I'm convinced that every Christian really needs to know the answer to it for their life to have purpose, and it is the focus of their life. And that's primarily what we're going to find from this temptation. If you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. Is that what Jesus is supposed to do? Okay, let's take that. How do you know what you're supposed to do? How do you know if you're doing the right thing? Whatever it is that you're doing right now, whatever direction your life is taking you in, did God tell you to do that? Are you doing, are you living out what God has told you to do? I'm putting you on the spot. There's a reason for this because I think every Christian needs to be put on the spot. I mean, I, th I, th I think we all need to sometimes have the finger pointed in our chest. Are you doing what God told you to do? 
Okay, here's the common question, or the common answer to the question. When I talk to Christians about this, and it's personally, and in my study or wherever, and, and I'm actually expecting an answer, are you doing what God told you to do? The answer is usually, I have no idea what God wants me to do. I have no idea what God wants me to do. I just, uh, for me personally, I just don't want to live like that. I, I want to know what God has to say about me. I want to know what God wants me to do. I want direction and purpose. I know it. I know that there are a lot of people who just, they don't care about purpose in their life. Frankly, I'm just not there with you on that one. I, I, can't, I cannot put myself in those shoes. And I don't want to. I want to live a life that is purposeful. I want to be doing what, what God wants me to do. I want to come to the end of my days and say, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I finished, you know, what Paul said, I've, I, I fought the good fight. I finished my course. I finished my course. I'm done. I've, I've kept the faith. I'm ready, okay? I'm ready. When, I come, when it comes time for me to die, all, all I want to do is die. I don't want to have to do anything else. I'm done. I'm finished. Well, Okay, so what has God said to you, and it's a work in progress, what is God saying to you? Okay, I know I can beat a dead horse, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on, but that's what this is all about. He's challenging Jesus on what he heard the Father say, and, and uh, let's move on to the next screen, because I want to draw an analogy, a parallel here. Did you... This is the tempter saying to Jesus, did you really hear that? Okay, this is, what it's, this is what's going to happen. Okay, if you take what was just said very seriously, okay, I want to hear what God has to say. I want God to direct my life. I want to live with purpose. I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to waste my time. I want to hear from God. I want to hear from God. All right, here's where the tempter will come in. Is that really? Are you sure? Is that really what God said? Did God really say that? There's nothing wrong with fruit or bread. He's saying, well, where's fruit come in at? He didn't say anything about fruit. When I say it this way, when the tempter comes to Jesus and says, did, did God really say that? What's that remind you of? Fruit. Sometimes we say an apple. We don't know if it was an apple. Wasn't it Satan's temptation of Eve, right? She, uh, I can't touch the tree, I can't, and I can't take from the tree, and, and Satan comes to Eve and said, did God really say that? Did God really say that? You see the parallel and the analogy, and it com it's coming back again, and it will come back for us too. There's nothing wrong with fruit or bread, if that's what God has said to do. Nothing wrong with fruit on a tree, but God said don't take from that tree. Did God really say that? And that's where the temptation will come along. I think I know what God wants me to do. I think I'm on the right track. And the, the devil will come on. Oh, really? Oh, is that really? Did you really hear? Other people don't hear it. I mean, people in our culture make fun of it. Who are you to say that? Who are you to say that God spoke to you? That's what you're going to get 
in our culture. Everyone's different. Every temptation is going to come out in a different way. But that's what, that's what we are going to get. Who are you to say that God... What do you mean you read it in the Bible? Can you even prove it's true? You know. And on and on and on. So that temptation to... Even when you do get serious about you know, wanting to hear what God has to say and, and uh, then the temptation and the, the obstacles will, will come. Oh, did you really hear that? Did you really read that? Do you think the Bible really means that? Uh, I get this all the time. The Bible's just an old story, you know. It's not, and on and on and on. Okay, there's nothing wrong with fruit or bread if that's what God has told you to do. What is wrong? with turning the stone into bread. God didn't say to do that. Now we know when we come to the end of the story that the angels will come to Jesus and feed him. That's the plan. That plan's already been set out. The Father didn't say anything about turning stones into bread. Okay? Well, it's not a big deal. Yeah, except God didn't say to do it. Or not do it. Or do it. God didn't say anything about it. And he's already got this plan. He's got the angels on hold. He's got the angels ready with food for Jesus. And I don't know if Jesus knows that. No, no way for me to know that. But the Father knows that. And that's a complicated thought right, right there. But there's been no mention from the Father about turning stones into bread. So the devil comes along, but if you are the Son of God, then you have the power to turn the stones into bread. Who's going to eat the bread? Jesus, of course. I mean, that's obvious. Jesus would eat the bread. Who else is going to eat the bread? No one. Here's a thought. I asked the Sunday school class at this this morning. And I want you, you know, I don't want feedback right now, but give me feedback somewhere along the line. Can you think of another miracle in the Bible? Can you think of a recorded miracle that Jesus does that only benefits him? Only benefits him. I can't think of one. I can't think of anything that Jesus will do a miraculous event, miraculous thing that only benefits him. I'll agree in uh, multiplying the bread and the fish for 4,000 and the multiplying the bread and the fish for 5,000. No doubt in my mind at all that Jesus sat down and ate with him. Okay? But can you think of a miracle that Jesus performed that only benefits him? Well, that's what stones to bread would, would be. And Jesus said, no, that's not what I'm here for. That's not what I've been sent for. That's not what the Father said to do. That's taking very seriously what you hear. If, if, if we went back, we're not going to, but if we went back to the screen about what has God said? What has God called you to? What do you think God's purpose for your life is? Okay, then you're taking it very seriously when you begin to not do things that don't fit into that purpose God's called you to. Let me give you an opinion. It's an opinion I've gained through life. 
God will probably, there will probably be about three to five purposes, three to five kind of like big overarching things that God will have you do. That this is, this is what God's called me to do. This is what God's called me to be. There's probably not going to be ten. I've, I've got three. Okay? Probably, I, I just, I, I, I hardly know anyone who really takes this, takes this seriously that's got more than five. What I'm, the point is, there's going to be very, actually very few things, o- overarching big things that God has for you. This is your purpose. And so there's going to be so many other things that are outside of that that you're really not supposed to be doing. Because God didn't tell you to do it. <sighs> Frankly, some of us are doing stuff God never told you to do. Some of us are not doing things that God is telling you to do. But you're not doing it. Okay? You're not walking in the purpose, the calling that God has for you. You're not listening to what God has said. Okay? There's nothing wrong with making bread if God has said to do it, and he didn't. And that bread would only be for Jesus. Well, that's not who Jesus is. A couple of scriptures, uh, Luke 19.10, this will be on your screen. Uh, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost, not to start a bakery. He's never been told to bake bread. He's come to seek and to save that which was lost. He's all about that. The next verse, 1 John 3, 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, shown, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Okay, not about making bread. It's not about picking fruit. Seeking to save in that who is lost and destroying the works of the devil. Now, let me end this part of it by Matthew chapter 27. This is a good proving the point scripture. And it parallels again. You see the personality of Jesus, the calling of Jesus. It's all about us. It's not about himself. It's all about saving you. It's all about saving the world. Not satisfying his own hunger and his own lust. For things. It's all about us. That's what his life is all about. And that's what the father has said. Okay. We come to the end of his life. And he's on the, on the cross. Okay. Watch this. He's hanging on the cross. Matthew chapter 27. 39 through 43. And those who pass by. While Jesus is on the cross. Those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. We're going to stay at this verse just a second. Save yourself if you are the Son of God. Come down from the cross. Do you see the parallel? The temptation of Jesus is at the beginning of the ministry. The cross, of course, is at the end. The temptation is uh, Jesus, when he won the temptation about the stones to bread, 
is, is a perfect victory for him because he knows what's coming. If you can't pass that test, stones to bread, there's no way you're going to pass this test. If you are the Son of God, come down off the cross and save yourself. Eat bread. Make bread. Eat it yourself. Jesus said, no. That's not what the Father has called me to. Come down off the cross. No. Because the purpose for me is to seek and to save that which is lost. I'm not coming down off the cross. But if you are the Son of God, you can do all these things. And Jesus answered me, because I am the Son of God, I'm not going to do all those things. We move along with the story. Come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking with the scribes and the elders, said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. Exactly. If he's the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. No, you won't. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. The test about uh, stones to bread is a whole lot more than just bread. It's about who, it's the decision of who Jesus is going to be. Things he's going to do and not do. The test, the temptations that the devil brings to you maybe seem, oh, well, that's... Listen, when the devil's tempting you with something, don't ever say, oh, that's not a big deal. No, he's starting out small, stones to bread, but it leads to the cross. It starts out small with you, but it's leading to something else. So be, be careful about that. I think I read, read the last verse. Okay. Okay. Last screen. Here's a question. I'm going to start with the question. I'm going to start with uh, just a real small part of the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son left home, got in trouble. He's out feeding pigs. He's a Jew out feeding pigs. And he can't find anybody else to give him anything. So he's not only feeding pigs. I don't know if you, any of you have ever fed pigs. Probably not a lot, not a lot of you. He's out feeding pigs, but I think you can imagine it. And he looks at what he's feeding the pigs, and he says, that looks pretty good. <laughs> I think I'll have some. And he does. He's eating the slop he's feeding to the pigs. That's where he's come to. He didn't start that way. But that's where it led to. You got that right. He's eating pig slop. And kind of likes it. Because that's all he's got. That's where he's come to. Here's the key. He gets a handful of pig slop. And he's eating it. And all of a sudden it dawns on him. The Bible puts it this way. He came to himself. He came to himself. 
He looked at the pig slop in his hand. And he says, oh my God, this is what I've come to. God, this is what I've come to. And he came to himself. And he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back home. Because in my father's house, servants, even the servants, don't eat pig slop. But this is where I've come to. And And he... said, this is not what God made me for. I'm the son of my father who owns a large farm, lots of servants, lots of food. I'm going to go back home. When you are looking at yourself, when you're examining yourself, when you're trying to figure out what has God made me for, If you take seriously where we started, the question, what has God made you for? What's your purpose? If you take that seriously, you take each thing that comes to you in life, each thing that you're involved in in life, and you look at it and you look at yourself, kind of like the prodigal son looking at pig slop in his hand. That's kind of a dramatic thing. It doesn't always have to get that far. It doesn't always have to get that bad. I hope it doesn't. But it's taking everything in your life, who you are, what you're involved in, what you're doing, and looking at it and asking yourself the question, is this what God made me for? Is this what God made me for? And I think you'll see the answer. Sometimes the answer is going to be no. This is not what God made you for. Whatever you're involved in. Now, see... It doesn't always have to be sinful, bad stuff. It could be turning stones into bread. Is owning a bakery what God made you for? If that is, then do that. But if that's not what God made you for, stop doing that. Whatever it is, it's asking yourself seriously, taking some time, is this job I'm on? This career path I'm on, this relationship I'm in, this way I'm, I'm carrying myself, this way I talk, this way I act, this way I think, every area, is that what God made me for? Maybe not. Maybe it's time for me to get back on track on those Those few things in life that I know, this is what God made me for. It's taking a serious, serious look at ourselves. Is this what God made me for? And I think maybe the Lord will then begin to help you and show you no or yes and get you back on track. It's focusing our life on what God made us for, the purpose of our life. Daniel, are you? Are we doing just the guitar? Daniel's going to play the guitar for our uh, prayer time. I'm going to ask the congregation to stand, and that's what this is. This is our prayer time. We are going to, after this time, we are going to gather together and pray for each other. But I want to give us this time to, I guess you'd say, pray, pray individually. I'm going to ask you to bow your head. And listen to the Holy Spirit as He. What is God saying 
to you? What is God saying to you? What's God saying to you right now? What is God saying to you right now? What do you think he's thinking? Because that's what the word of God means. It's the breath, the mind of God. That's what that word means. The breath, the mind of God. What do you think God is thinking right now about you? What's God saying? Are you, are you fulfilling the purpose that God made, you believe God made you for? Do you need to get back on track? Do you need to refocus? While the guitar is playing and we're praying, while we're praying, you want to come to an altar and pray maybe the Holy Spirit right now is just speaking to you about that about going to an altar I, I, I know you can pray in your seat you know you can pray in your seat but you want to come you want to come this is our time to spend alone with the Lord do you need to just spend some time with him any anyone else just want to spend some time at the altar praying what has God made you for what's his purpose for you listen to, to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you listen to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you